you know, after you text me and you're like, hey, think of funny stories for uh for the show, and I can't think of shit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Work Bitch. This is your host, Steve, actually. Thank you for joining us today on Work Bitch. That's where we bitch about work. I'm, I'm currently back in it right now. Um, however, I am mm. looking for my way out because I'm also going to school now for medical shit. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get out. I'm, I'm so yeah, over of course. I mean, everybody hits a wall, usually even the people who stay in it forever. Yeah, no, I'm seeing that more and more. Like, a, you know, I'm at, I'm at Jack Go right now, so it's just like a lot of older heads. And like, is that a fancy and, place? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, relatively speaking, for me, it's a little bit difficult because I went from three to one. You know, are you talking about Michelin stars? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've never worked at a place that nice, so I don't oh, know. Trust me, it's just uh, I'm not bougie. I mean, I'm not either. <laughs> Real. I mean, you're the one talking about going three to one. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Well, I went from a three to a one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's actually a really nice restaurant. The food is what's really good, though. Oh, really? That's yeah, good. The food is fucking killer. I mean, I mean, yeah. Sometimes at those fancy ass places, the food's kind of like, right. what am I paying for? But yeah, if you go to like one of the, and I hate. There's nothing worse than that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paying what five hundred a head, or not a head, but like for dinner, and it's just like yeah. And just like, why would I ever do this again? Like, what is even the point? Well, and like when I used to drink, like, you know, you get so drunk eating the food that you just don't even remember or even taste it that well after yeah. a certain point. Yeah. And then it's just like, wow, I spent all this money on what? Yeah. And on booze, too. Oh, dude, it's so expensive. You know, I, know. I hate bartending or bar backing, I should say, but it's basically bartending. I hope they're tipping you well enough for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it because it's basically line cooking, but. Mm. In, in a more social aspect i should have started with that honestly i should have started yeah with- yeah i mean working behind the bar can be really fun especially at the right place like i miss doing i miss the part of paisan when i was there where it was actually really fun to bartend there oh uh, back in the heyday yeah like there was a solid year where we had like a really good team and solid. i was bartending a lot and we were all hanging out all the time and like getting wasted after work and then going somewhere and getting more wasted dude you i remember know. staying there till like three or four in the morning oh god yeah i think i only did that a couple of times thankfully but yeah yeah i remember one time i was there hanging out with rachel after work like at long branch yeah and like right as we were like getting ready to leave and we were kind of buzzed comes up to me and he's like hey i just wanted to tell you you left the door unlocked last night when you closed and i'm like why the fuck are you telling me this <laughs> when I'm not on the clock and when I'm about to leave (laughs) and I've been drinking Mm -hmm. and like, I got really annoyed. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to pretend I wasn't annoyed at him for like having the worst possible timing. (laughs) And then later Rachel was like, you know, you're a little sensitive to criticism. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but he still brought it up in a dumbass way. So yeah, I'm going to be kind of annoyed at that. There's an approach. There's an approach to things like that. Well, he wasn't a very good manager in my opinion. That's that's fair. I mean, I know I, he was BFFs with Big D, but I mean, I, I like the guy. I never actually worked with him that close, so I couldn't. Yeah. Say, I didn't think he was like that bad as a person, even if he's from Pennsylvania. But <laughs> you know. he's one of those people, one of those men specifically from Pennsylvania who comes to the Bay Area and talks a lot of shit about the Bay Area. Oh, and then it's he like, left. I'm sorry. Why are you here then? Like, <laughs> you know, you could just go back 
to Pennsylvania. I thought he was from Sri Lanka. I don't know. He was in Pennsylvania before he came to the Bay Area. He was in Pennsylvania long enough to become a douchebag about it. <laughs> Let's say that much. Damn, he wasn't even churning butter, bro. I guess not. And he wants to talk <laughs> shit about the Bay. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm just like, go home then. Nobody cares. For real, though. I had a fucking Uber driver who did the same shit. He said he was from Pennsylvania and he's like talking shit about the Bay Area. This and I'm sucks. like, I'm like, why are you here? Why are you guys coming here? Yeah, stay home then, bro. Nobody wants Nobody you. wants you here. It's like way more expensive here, which you also complain about. We like you can't even afford to stay here. Go home. We have enough. We don't need more of you. Exactly. We've got plenty of people as it is. So what's your so what's your format on this podcast? What are you looking um, for? Um, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I think I want to see how this goes and then like I have a I have a rough idea of how I want it to be, just based on like podcasts I've listened to and like I was producing a podcast when I was doing an internship uh last year yeah but they like i so it was going fine when i was the one doing all the producing so like we were recording and i was like editing the episodes in this free program i downloaded um but yeah so i figured out i was like learning how to produce a podcast from them but then one of the founders who i was working with basically like kind of took over the whole thing like the whole podcast project Uh and she started like saying okay we have to do it in this program instead like in adobe or whatever um so you have to go back and like upload all the files into adobe and re-edit the podcast like every episode Uh and i had already edited like five or six episodes and spent a lot of hours doing it like because they weren't professional podcasters at all yeah i had to really edit the crap out of our recordings she also was like deciding that she wanted to change all the formatting and like She's like, okay, we actually have to do it like this. And I'm like, but we didn't record it with, with that in mind. So there's not going to be, it's not going to be easy to like format it that way. Like, like she wanted transitions and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys just had free flowing conversations. No, like, how am I supposed yeah. to like cut in there with like transitions? When you, when you're supposed to make the transitions and have that shit set up already. Yeah. Like if you want that kind of structure, you should set it up from the beginning. I don't think I want that kind of strict structure. Because I think it'll be highly dependent on who I'm talking to and like what kind of stories they want to share. Um, so I don't and I don't know. I just think it's less interesting if it's like super strict because I want it to feel like a conversation, not like a, you know, yeah, game a- show or something. Round. Yeah. But anyway, they finally like I finally told the other founder, I was like, I don't think this is going great. Like, you know, like the podcast and they also couldn't make up their mind about the fucking theme music. Like they went back and forth for weeks and weeks on like what the theme music should be. We picked some theme music and then like a couple weeks later, they're like, actually, let's keep thinking of theme music options. Um, okay. And it was like, it was so exasperating. And then when I finally was telling the other founder, like that, I didn't think it was going very well and that we should just, we should have just released something by now because we had all these episodes that were already edited and ready to go. Yeah. That could have been released. And then shortly after that, they like ended my internship. They're like, all right, well, thanks. Bye. No, you too opinionated. You're not allowed here. <laughs> well, it's so weird because they liked my opinions before that. But yeah, that did seem a bit weird that as soon as I had an issue with like the way they were doing the podcast and I vocalized that, they were like, you know, it doesn't seem like you're getting much out of this internship anymore. Uh, yeah. They did you dirty. I mean, I learned a lot, obviously. Like, now I have a solid idea how to produce a podcast so I can at least yeah. get started. Yeah, like, but... fuck you, I'm doing myself. Yeah, exactly. I just, it took me this long to figure out what to make a podcast about. No, that's a, that's, that's a good one. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this because 
that I'm seeing now the trending of uh, podcasts with especially hospitality related subject mm, matter. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Um, there's a few of them. And, you know, there are people that we know indirectly, like it's a tight community, especially Bay yeah. Area restaurants. I'm just glad to see representation for, of our kind of people yeah. out there, you know, doing it. And so, yeah, I'm happy that you're doing this finally. It's fuck about yeah. fucking time. Hey, it's about time you actually did something. <laughs> no, I'm just glad someone is out here doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like at some point I want to be able to get big enough that like people will write in with their own stories. So like oh, I'm I'm, I'm happy to have all kinds of people on the show because like I I kept thinking about it and I'm just not that funny by myself. So I need other people to talk to. <laughs> there has to be a dynamic. Yeah. Like it's, some people can be funny on their own. Yeah. I don't I don't want to try that. I don't want to try that and challenge myself in quite that way. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I would love to be able to read other people's stories. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, not everyone's going to sound good if I bring them on the podcast. Yeah. So some people I'll just stick to reading their stories in my own way. <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely a screen call for those people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a personality. Um, you're not welcome here. The... Before yeah. we go forward, Daniel is half Mexican. Oh yeah, he's allowed to say certain things. You hear me talking like um, in a in like a a paisa, I guess you can say a paisa accent, and it, uh, it's because I grew up with these people, and I am one of these people. It's legit. It's legit. I'm not hating. Viva la raza, okay, Carmen. Oh, whoa, <laughs> spicy. Um, it's pronounced uh, picante. Oh, sorry. I'm, I thought it was caliente. Caliente. Wait, which is it? Caliente or picante? Which one? Uh, what's the difference? I don't really know. What? I'm only half Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's different ways of saying it. I don't know. Picante is like, uh, I know it translates to spicy. Mm-hmm. Caliente. It's not just hot. Hot, like hot heat versus hot spice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know the difference between heat and spice. Hot, hot heat. <laughs> the band from the 90s. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reference uh not many people will understand oh excuse me sorry no no it's you had a girl watching the box on i grew up watching the box and i had to see that music video all the time from the bandages oh okay yeah i used to watch a lot of vh1 stuff oh you had cable okay well in high school i did but or in middle school we didn't have cable until the 2000s oh nice that was a good time to have cable that's when tv came out yeah that was a you know finally had disney channel finally had cartoon network you know, I was I, living it up. Since we're talking about restaurants and hospitality, a lot mm-hmm. of my driving influence was from watching PBS at a young age. And it's like, you know, Rick Steves Europe traveling and um, oh, Julia Childs watching her show and Jacques Pepin. Oh, really? And Yin, Yin can cook. Martin Yin, that motherfucker. Boy, can he cook. Like, him watching this full slap garlic, like I've never seen anybody slap garlic before, it always blew me away. I was just like, well, what? How's he doing that? How does he chop so fast? Because you have Julia Childs at this age, like decrepit and <laughs> and you know, she, you know, and then Jacques Pepin's kind of helping her out, like, oh, come on, Julia. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, this dynamic is odd, but like, it's cool. And they're making really like legitimate food that like, I've never seen before. You know, my mm-hmm. mom's a single mom, so she didn't really cook gourmet <laughs> you know she i mean had, my mom was single for a certain amount of time so she just basically you know, made stir fry all the time exactly hamburger hot helped. dogs were our special meal hot dogs was oh. like a once in a while meal 
we go to she the would, she boiled them we were a hot dog boiling house <laughs> we were a hot dog microwave house and oh. it was terrible don't ever well you know they always joke about how the microwave is the main is like the chef at any restaurant uh i mean if it's yeah yeah <laughs> even paisan had a fucking microwave hey, look i will say they had it right for the lasagna. The lasagna is the way to go with the microwave. I mean, it was like, good. And they also did that for the dessert, the ice cream sandwich. They put oh, through yeah. that shit in the microwave. It was good. They were too hard sometimes. You had to you had a little warm it up, you know? I mean, that's fine. I loved when they were making the, oh, the when no. they were prepping it. For those who don't know, restaurants hey, prep me. a lot of your food. Um, <laughs> that was that was kind of a revelation to me. I didn't know that before I started working in restaurants that they'll like pre-make a bunch of stuff. Oh, oh, you thought it was like all on the fly? I didn't. I honestly didn't think about it. <laughs> it's one of those things that you have to be a part of it. You have to be in the wheel to understand, you know, you don't think yeah. it's an afterthought. Well, because people get all like weirded out if they think their food's not fresh. But like if your food was actually 100% fresh, it would take fucking forever yeah, to make. Yeah, cooking and you're getting one fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Like for five hours. Like Paisan had that like really good garlic chicken they would throw in the pizza oven. That chicken had to be like halfway cooked earlier in the day, and then they would finish cooking it to order. Yeah. And yeah. it tasted amazing. It wasn't like it tasted less bad because it wasn't cooked all the way through no. right before it went to the table. It was still cooked the same day. And, you know, it's, it's the refrigeration overnight process that changes the texture, the flavor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so what, they did cook it in the morning. Mm hmm. And then, you know, yeah, and then at night when you order order fire, then you throw that bitch into a, an oak oven. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, that pizza oven was good. I love the pizza there. The artiste's name, Jay, old Jay. <laughs> I remember, you know, talking about like the, the type of the type of people that you meet in restaurants. It's always it was a one of the it was like a big culture shock when I started at Paisan because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. Is that your first restaurant job? Paisan was my first uh like cooking back of the house job but my job before that i was a dishwasher at common kids so <laughs> oh okay <laughs> have you heard of that place no i don't think so but working as a dishwasher and then going up to cook is like the progression isn't it yeah it was the it was the ladder the ladder i was trying to climb i imagine uh, david would respect people more if they started out as a dishwasher yeah and let me tell you the fucking <laughs> the, the gaman kitzel bro it, it, it was blacklisted by a lot of servers they they wouldn't touch that shit with the fucking ten foot pole. Um, they... Gaman Kitzel, that place on San Pablo. Yeah, bro, they are. Oh, I applied to work there. They fucking <laughs> they made people wear white shirts and black pants. I'm like, what is this? The 80s? I, they were su they're super old school. I mean, yeah, they... and they said you weren't allowed to wear any like perfume or deodorant. And I'm like, I'm not even. I don't even really use. I never use deodorant anyway. <laughs> like a bit much to me it's like well what if i want to use some like perfume or something for whatever reason yeah a nice neutral scent you know yeah i don't know that just seemed like a really weird thing and then i just couldn't hack the idea of having to wear a white shirt and a black pants i'm like i cannot do that i just can't i was in culinary school i was while i was working there and i was living on treasure island and i have to take oh my god i had to take the 108 to get to the fucking trans bay and I took the F to get to the East Bay. And then from the mm. F, I took the 72 to go down San Pablo. Mm. And like, oh, it was a painstaking. That sounds like a horrible commute. Oh, it was terrible. And then, you know, I'm like hungry. So I'd stop by the Jack in the Box that was next to it. And I remember one time I just stopped by that Jack in the Box and I go into the, I go into them and they're like, Daniel, don't you know this stuff is going to kill you? <laughs> 
And I was like, then feed me breakfast, bro. <laughs> like, no, you can keep buying Jack in the Box. And I was like, fuck. Oh, it was actually owned by Germans? They are actually a German couple. They're, they're... Oh, okay. Well, that's legit. Yeah, it's... Wait, wasn't Kelly from Long Branch, like, the pastry chef there at some point? I I wouldn't doubt it. I've met a lot of people from there, actually. Yeah, I knew I knew one cook somewhere at one of the jobs that I've worked who was, like, a pastry cook there at one point or something. I'm pretty sure it was Kelly. Oh, remember we went to her wedding? <laughs> oh, boy, do I. I was ha- knocked out for the first half of that thing. Oh, yeah, I remember. I think you were, like, laying in the grass at one point, passed oh, out. I was bad, though. I was todo crudo. I was fucked. I was coming off of a sick one from the night before, and I was just like, oh, my God. I do remember that, yes. Yeah, I was trashed. I don't I do not do that anymore. I'm, I'm, I drink very little these days now. Oh, yeah, I don't drink at all because my psychiatrist was like, please don't do this. <laughs> please don't drink alcohol while you're on these medications I'm giving you. No, that's no. fair. I was like, all right. She's like, maybe you should stay away from coffee, too. And I'm like, no, that's not yeah, going to happen. You know, she just took all the good things away from me. Well, and she also said, like, stop smoking weed because it clearly exacerbates your anxiety. And I was like, Ugh. what do you know, doctor? Fuck. Well, I did stop because I don't want to have a psychotic break, you know. All like, right. That's fair. It'd be that's... a bit of a bummer. Yeah, no, that's all right. In, in a situation like that, that's understandable. But, okay, so you started at Paisan after working as a dishwasher at this German restaurant. Yeah, well, I got fired. <laughs> you got, got fired. You know, it's funny talking. Come full circle. I so I uh, I was doing judo at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I got thrown out of the mat and landed on my shoulder and fucked up my shoulder and um with with an AC sprain. And then I I come in and I was just like, hey, so I injured my shoulder. I can kind of wash dishes, but I can't lift anything. They go. Well, you're not good for us. And they fired <laughs> you because you were injured. <laughs> they fired me on the spot. They were paying me under the table the whole time. Oh shit! So uh, you had no protections. Nah, no, nah, I was. They didn't give a fuck. They didn't. Give, you know what they used to feed me for dinner, dude? Spätzle and sometimes cheese. What? Yeah, and then the servers would get like chicken. And oh shit! Really? They wouldn't. They, they would give they would them order, better food. Yeah, they would order a plate and they would That's give. Fucked them. up. You and gotta was, take care of your dishwasher, bro, man. That's why that's, you pay them more too. Oh shit! I was only making nine dollars an hour. Yeah, I've heard of dishwashers making like uh, a lot more hourly than even the cooks because they—it's such a shitty job that you have to make it worth their while to stick around. Yeah, I mean, at least just don't be an asshole to them, you know. There, I mean, very least, if you're <laughs> really not going to pay them a little extra for fucking having to be do such yeah. a gross job, like you come know, on, kick, kick them back a ten for service. You know, the, 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 nobody tipped me out. Nobody, nobody gave me dinner. I didn't understand that at, at that point, you know? Well, yeah, if you're new to the industry, you're just yeah. like, I guess I just get treated like shit. That's yeah. how I was at my first like cafe job. I'm like, I <laughs> guess customers just sexually <laughs> harass me. That's just what happens. I guess this is my luck now. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's so cool. I get to work in a place where I get harassed all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really coming up in the world. All right. So this is what it's like. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I wasn't the only English speaking dishwasher. So basically I just played therapist to the whole staff. Oh no. They would come back and be like, these assholes on 34. And I'm just like, that sounds terrible. Um, Can you help me load this tray of dishes, please? (laughs) I have one arm. Um, but the yeah, and they were crazy, bro. I, I, there's no if ands or buts. Like, there's no other way to put it. They were just fucking off the rocker. They were, they were, they were. Uh, I remember one time they asked for my help about making aioli, and you know I'm still new to the whole field, and I was like, oh, well, this is how we make it by hand. And she's like, okay, well, can you do it in a robot coop? And I was like, yeah, sure. 
And then they were trying to give me instructions on how to do it. And, you know, I'm like 10 minutes into this thing. And I'm like, how the fuck do I make it in a Roboku? I didn't understand. The, Wait, what's you know, a Robo what? Uh, like a food processor. Like oh, okay. Food okay. And I didn't know what I was doing. We didn't have a, ro- uh, a food processor in the kitchen in my school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to go on YouTube. Can't find anything. And they're like getting mad at me that I can't follow directions. And then um, later on that, that day, uh, they had a chef intern because they were f- they would fly through chefs like they would get one for a week. And they'd be like, no, fuck this. <laughs> um, bye. And then Damn, I dodged a bullet not working at this oh, place. Dude. It was it's I'm telling you, it's notoriously bad. Jesus and, Christ. <laughs> and fucking um, I remember one time I added one egg to, to re-emulsify the whole thing. They're like, mm-hmm. now that you add one egg, like, you're going to change the cost of the whole thing. And I'm just like it's an egg and they're like <laughs> but one egg and then how many you add another egg you know and then how much does it cost now like <laughs> overhead is going up and you're like you know it's okay for you because you don't pay the rent so but we do and so okay just, well i pay my own rent uh, at my house i was just like uh you know what yeah how about you make the aioli but yeah they were they were crazy bro and um i remember i used to walk, stop by paisan for breakfast mm-hmm before my job like I, basically, the French used to be pretty good yeah oh dude it was fantastic they had that big fat sausage and like a bowl of polenta yeah looks kind of naughty but it was good oh it's fucking whatever i'll <laughs> fucking i'll bang and mash that shit out any day noise and um i would always go up there and i'd get the strata you know the erica strata and then i'd fucking get it and i was like why is this it's like a savory bread pudding and i was just blown away by it i was like what, mm-hmm. like, what is this and it's delicious and i didn't understand <laughs> you're like how can food be so good yeah because i was used to eating fucking prepackaged little weeny little sausages that were sold as a german you know made in house well and carl's jr yeah. but their curly fries are really good look man people that say they don't like fast food they're full of shit it's scientifically made delicious everybody has a fast food spot that they really love even if it's a place like in and out or five guys for sure for sure like Again, it's it's created to be consistent. It's created to be everywhere on the flavor profile. You know, they have Mm -hmm. actual food scientists making these fucking things. Oh my god, yeah, they can certainly afford them. Fuck yeah! I mean, imagine what those scientists could be doing if they were trying to like cure cancer, though. (laughs) They probably make a really (laughs) delicious strand of cancer. (laughs) (laughs) They would make the tastiest vaccine that you just snort through your nose. Got a little little zest to it. Is that lemon? It was the ugly Seth stepsister restaurant at that point. And... Right. Which is weird because it was the original. Okay. So to clarify for the listener, Paisan was the first restaurant and then they opened up Long Branch right next door. And then they used Paisan to support Long Branch because they really cared about making Long Branch successful and didn't care about Paisan anymore. Am I right? I I think maybe. I think they're, I, I can't speak for them. I don't really know what the business model was. That was always the impression I got. I mean, yeah, impression-wise, I could totally see that. I, I feel like um, they were just kind of over it. Um, I think mostly because of the the clientele, though. And it drove away. Sorry, I just noticed my cat's right behind me. <laughs> Hi, Ruby. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, I think it was just like at some point they just had to cut loose and let go. And they were just like, I don't, I don't know if they know, knew when to do that. By that point, though, I had taken off to go work in the city, to go cook in the city. Right. You were at and, that bougie spot. Yeah. Hints or whatever. 
No, I wasn't. I wasn't cooking cooking there yet. I was cooking at some French joint that closed. Wow. Uh, uh, that's a, that's a whole podcast on its own right there. Uh, oh God. Well, yeah. start your own podcast. Uh, fuck. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be too long. So you got hired at Python. You know, you know um, yeah. well, I guess since the restaurant closed, we can still use the real name. So it's I not guess, that big of a deal, right? Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't really know. This, this is going to go to What everybody. are they going to do, sue us? No, this is just going to go to everybody in our social circles. So they, they, they already know the story anyway. I, I ended up working at Python because I went to go have breakfast there. And then I mm-hmm. asked Daniel Defoe, um, I was like, are you guys hiring? And he's just like, um, actually, yeah, I think so. And uh, he went to go talk to David and then he came, he came back and then um, he was like, yeah, come in Sunday, uh, David, and to talk to David. And so I talked to David very briefly. My first thought was this guy looks like Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He kind of did. He did, right? That's that was, crazy. Yeah. That okay. Like... I have a funny related story about that. <laughs> well, should I just, should I just go into it now? Go into it, dude. Go into okay, it. so you know how Tom Hanks always has like a pissing scene in every movie he's in. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not exactly like someone who watches a crapload of Tom Hanks movies, but All I right. have seen this on the internet where people have noticed this and pointed <laughs> it out. It's like how Brad Pitt is always eating in every movie at some he point. Is eating, is like he's always shoving something into his mouth and just like I'm yeah, I'm like really going to town on it. Yeah, anyway, so. Snacking. So Tom Hanks is always pissing at some point in every movie and he always looks like he's in ecstasy. So like one time I was going to the bathroom and I opened the door and fucking is in there peeing into the toilet, not in ecstasy. He's just peeing normally, except that his pants were all the way on the floor. And I was like, it, but his chef coat was long enough to cover his ass. So I didn't have to see that at least. But it was like really, really uncomfortable because I also knew at that point that he hated me, that he had a very low opinion of me. <laughs> was it as low as his pants? <laughs> I mean, he hated women. So, you know, like he loved any male employee who was like kind of hot. Like he thought Hargo was great, even though Hargo was like the just a terrible employee really? like a terrible co-worker oh, and then he didn't like women the only like woman me. he liked was uh, yeah. yeah he only liked because she like did way too much for him and never complained <laughs> like i remember she told me that she was going to be going on a trip to like chicago to visit her boyfriend at the time uh-huh. and i was like oh that's cool and but then she'd be coming back like i think the very next day and i was like oh that's not very long and she's like yeah said i can't take more time off to visit him and i was like um like your boss is telling you you're not allowed to take more time off to visit your long distance boyfriend like and you're just okay with that you're just like oh okay sure i mean that's what it you, the, you i don't know how to explain it like it, it's just that's the culture that is and mm-hmm. either you accept it or you do not accept it and well that's why you can't be too good at your job like she was so good at her job that he became really reliant on her and then took advantage of her. It you really know, be like that. Yeah. I mean, I tried too hard at that job too. Like I came in on my off hours to learn how to bartend. Like, fuck, you know, you're down. Yeah. I learned how to bartend for free. And then they started expecting other people to do the same thing after me. Oof. And like, I did it to try and prove myself because they refused to train me otherwise. So I'm like, fine, I'll just learn anyway. Um, yeah. And then they finally started putting me on bartending shifts when they found out that I was actually pretty good at it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah 
but then like the one of the reasons I quit was because they started taking me off bartending shifts and putting like newer bartenders on those shifts instead. Oh shit. What and, was like, it like only being... letting me do serving shifts. What was it like being a server there? Um, in hindsight, it wasn't too bad. I mean, the first six months for me were like kind of horrible because I was so new to it. Uh-huh. And like it was like so irritated every time he looked at me because of how <laughs> terrible i was at serving he was good at making people feel bad that's true oh yeah like told me once when i i think i was telling her about some time when he was mean to me of course and she was like he's made every woman cry who has worked here and i'm like really fuck well i mean again i was like well i guess this is just what comes with working in the industry yeah which it is although it shouldn't be but it is right and times have definitely changed none of that really flies anymore I guess that that's a thankfully like again I understand the old school opinion like Mm -hmm. it's like you had to be about that life or just don't be about the life at all but now it's just like you you done pushed everybody out (laughs) and so congrats you've lost a ton of like hard-working creative intelligent people because you were an asshole to them yeah but I mean there's also the aspect of like I'm not gonna brag or, or try to say that I'm different in any type of way but I internalized what they were telling me and I was like, fuck you. I'm right. And it made me better. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, because basically the whole reason I left was because I was like, Hey, can I work saute? And they're like, dude, you can't even focus on fucking salads. (laughs) Oh, so you wanted to switch stations on the line more. I wanted to progress. I wanted to jump forward in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Um, See, I wanted to learn more by working at long branch. And they wouldn't let me. They no, like most said I wasn't ready. Or oh, whatever. They were, yeah, they they no, they shut me down left and right. Yeah, no, they were terrible about that. But they would let other people progress. I feel who like didn't there's... really seem to have it have like I couldn't figure out why those people were allowed to progress and like other people weren't. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what the was, the whole ethos behind up. behind yeah. it was? But it, that's but... surprising because I thought you were like well liked by the. Like, you know, you were the Daniels. Oh, wait, no, that was that was the other Daniel. Who no, left. those are the two big Daniels. Okay. Um, and then there was me who. Right. Little Daniel. You know, I have fucking ADD. Oh, I'm shit. Like, I'm over here talking shit, fucking schmoozing with the customer while I'm mm-hmm. working on the open line. How dare you? I, I know. <laughs> and, I would, you know, I'm over here making salads, but it got to the point where I'm just like, okay, I turned out all these damn salads. What can I do now? Yeah. So talk to the guests and then i'm over here having a relationship like hey what's going on man how you doing you know i'm over here and they're like they they did not like that at all. <laughs> oh my god david hated it when the cooks would interact with the servers too oh yeah like oh, if I- any of the cooks dared to hang out with us after work he would fucking glare at them <laughs> it made him so mad and i'm like uh, dude, dude having camaraderie in your on your team is like a good thing i'd hang out yeah no i i get it i get it it's you know what it is it's probably because he's like oh they're gonna taint this fucker <laughs> yeah it's like but how like we're all just a pretty jolly group like yeah we're gonna make them have too good a time hanging out with us like uh, who knows dude who fucking knows but i mean ultimately they told me no they're like no we're not gonna give this to you because you, like you don't even know how to fucking set up your station on time and like you're talking to people when you should be prepping and i was just like yeah they're right and i was like but i'm still gonna do it and so at that point, that's when one of my old chefs, he's just like, hey, I'm opening a restaurant. Do you want to come work Garmo over here? And then you can move mm-hmm. the hotline when you're ready. And I was just like, and I already knew from working with him prior that this was going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, yeah, for sure. And so I just took that job and left. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm, if I'm not going to fucking move up here, then why would I stay here? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what I did. Yeah. It was like, fine. If you guys aren't going to let me bartend anymore, then I'm just going to go find a bartending job. Right. And that's the thing with the industry is that you can just do that. Yeah. But it's hard because sometimes you work at a place and like you really love the people that are there other than like the bosses. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess this, this is true across industries. Like, right. There's that saying, like, people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad managers. Yeah. You don't quit your and job. You quit true. your boss. If you're listening to this and you're a manager, you better be a good fucking manager. <laughs> because if not, it's your fucking fault. People are quitting. It's your fault. No, what, you, what you're Fucker. telling what you're saying, is, and if they're listening, they wouldn't receive it because in their mind, they're oh, I know. job. You know what I mean? I know. I still want to make people feel bad, though. <laughs> they're not going to buy into it. They're like, well, I'm a great manager. It's a good thing she's not talking to me. It's like, are you a great manager? Maybe you should ask yourself that. Shit, or ask somebody that you don't like. I mean, I've done like some light management, like assistant management, shift supervising at some jobs, and like Fuck I that. tried to be good, but you know, people also are gonna dislike the manager to some degree, no matter what you do anyway. But yeah, as long as you're like fair <clears throat> and you know, don't try to fuck people over, at least they can't complain about that. That's true. It's just I don't know. I don't like managing because I just don't like telling people what to do. I feel like you guys, you know, it's like Oh, I don't mind it as long as they actually do what I fucking say. Right. That's like, the thing. Because I'm pretty good at like knowing what needs to be done. Um, and like I know how to ask people to do stuff without being a dick about it, but also without <laughs> sounding like a doormat. Right. Just so, I, like I have the capacity for leadership, but I've just never seen much point in pursuing it because, you know, these industries are fucked. Yeah, no. Plus, as in a restaurant, the managers honestly make less than the servers when you consider tips a I lot of the time. I don't understand a managerial role in a restaurant. Yeah, other, you other than resume building, you know, you get a salary, but then you're expected to work sixty to eighty hours a week. So you're not even like you're you're not. You I should mean, be getting way more than your salary, but you're not. What's okay? So what incentive would be? You know, like. For the positions that I see now, the incentives are like day of health insurance, um, some kind of different perk that's not discussed amongst the, you know, the regular booze. I mean, free booze. You get you get a little bit more liberty and leeway within the system. Um, People are a bit more forgiving. But, you know, it's just the trade off is that you sell your soul to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when I told my mom when I got my last serving job that I had before my current at home job. She was like, oh, cool. So then you can work your way up to management, right? And I'm like, mom, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I feel like that's Stop just- Stop having like, these just... big dreams for me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I lost. Just accepted her. Mom, I would <laughs> rather be mediocre, okay? <laughs> hey, mediocre and happy, bro. Oh, In this day and age, mediocrity is honestly something really nice to aspire to. Mediocrity is above average these days. Let's be real. It really is. Yeah. Average is terrible. I've gone to some, dude, especially restaurant wise. Mm, fuck, mm-hmm. man, COVID. Calculated mediocrity. That's my yeah. goal. No. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's understandable. I get that. That's, that's a smart approach. Uh, mm-hmm. fuck, but the, after seeing the industry has in the state that it was and that it is in now, I'm just like, oh, fuck, this doesn't look good at all. Yeah. How much rough. longer does this have? And that's, you know, and, and I already knew it was a it was a flimsy, flimsy business model. You, basically, you exploit labor until you exploit labor until you can't anymore. And then mm. you just turn that staff when they become complacent or complacent and then 
you want to move forward uh, and you can't because you just don't have it. So then you just replace You just draw in new blood, except in the Bay Area, it's so small. And then now it's just like people can't really afford to live here like that. You can't yeah. get new labor in like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's and and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just me assuming, but it's just on top of that, like food cost, everything else. It's just I I don't imagine. I don't. I just don't understand how much longer we can go as an industry. Yeah. Without it totally collapsing. I mean, what helps is when places have like tech money backing them. Like the last place I worked at, I'm pretty sure one of the owners was I, th- I heard one of the owners worked in tech so i think he, he had enough money to kind of help keep the business a little like propped up um yeah. which is but that's the only way i can see honestly is if you can get like a an investor who trusts you to run the restaurant and doesn't try to interfere too much but keeps you fl- afloat with enough cash yeah but even then like if i, if I was an investor that's when i realized what restaurants really were you know what i mean it's just Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a clubhouse, yeah, for the rich. Yeah, it's nothing more, mm-hmm. nothing less. And yeah. we're over here sweating, fucking giving our lives to these fucking things mm-hmm. when it's merely a fucking playhouse for these yeah. people that have too much money. And mm-hmm. I realized I was like, oh, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> oh it, yeah, it took me doing that, but for one percenters. And then, you know, watching an episode of fucking Downton Abbey. Or <laughs> the staff. Just one is, episode. Uh, well, Shannon finally made me. She's like, we gotta watch it. It's a really good show. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll finally give in to it. You know, I smoke a bowl. I'm just like, what is this stupid ass shit? And then we watch it and I'm just like, oh my God, this is my life. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I thought it was crazy when I watched that show to realize how much of modern service culture is based on it's these the old exactly. yeah like like the way that you like the way servers wait at tables and like the way they serve you food and like the way the everything's laid out on the table like that comes from like these old classist traditions it of never how... went anywhere yeah it's crazy it it literally never went anywhere even to the... that show is pretty historically accurate other than the fact that like the family is super not racist or whatever not racist and yeah not banging and like they actually care about their <laughs> staff like other than those like the rest of oh, the details yeah. of the show are like very historically accurate oh, yeah because you know they all treated all their head butlers that nicely like oh no, come on huh. We would never cast you out to the cold. They're like, next. <laughs> Just I know the body when the, the cook's back. going blind, they'd be like, get the hell out of here. Oh, you're useless. We want a French cook now anyway. Yeah. Do you want a bullet in your head or we can just send you on a train? Oh, my God. <laughs> like a horse that breaks a leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Off to the glue factory with you, you fucking piece of shit butler. Let's go back to stories. Yeah, fuck. Instead of lamenting the sorry state of the industry. <laughs> Let's save that for a later episode. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Let's make people laugh and then bum them out. Yeah, yeah, give them the old shit sandwich. Okay, so you went from working at this like really hor- horrible German restaurant to working at this much nicer Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so I remember, I don't remember exactly the first time I met you, but I do remember Rachel, one of our coworkers, telling me about her favorite memory of you, which was... uh. The time that you guys sang 
or when you say I'm in love with a stripper on the line, <laughs> that was always a really nice memory for her because you were like the only nice cook basically for Jeez a certain time. Christ, that's sad. I thought you said we weren't going to limit on the fucking breed. <laughs> well, you know, it's I had funny. Good, I had a, I try to have a good attitude. Even to this day, dude, like I show up and I just try to be positive because mm-hmm. we are so far in the negative that, mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. there just needs to be one goddamn ray of sunshine somewhere. Yeah, I was kind of a ray of sunshine in my last serving job, actually. But that was probably because of the Prozac, not because. Oh. Of like <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll bring out the sunshine. I think a lot of people in the, the hospitality industry are ADD, ADHD. Um, yeah, it, it it attracts those kinds yeah, of people. A it's lot. a fucking it's a realm of chaos, and that's how our brains work. Um, I'm not diagnosed, but my PCP, my primary care, finally gave me Ritalin, and it's helped me out, yeah. especially shit. with school shit. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, I instead of spending so much money on cocaine, and when I do that, I'll be like, oh my god, I feel great. <laughs> Life is amazing. Like, yeah. you know, let's go start a fucking business, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> but instead, I was just like, you know, it took me a while um, in my 30s now. And then I'm just like, oh, maybe I just have ADD. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I started reading more about it. I bought a couple books on it and like more of like how to tame the symptoms of which. And then I realized, oh, yeah, my brain doesn't. Because, you know, one of the things I used to do all the time is argue with people. Right. Not like yeah. yell at people, but like try to argue with them against them. Be like, what's your point? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that is a symptom of ADHD, ADD, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because your brain doesn't receive enough dopamine and needs some kind of engagement. Yeah. And I think back to my past relationships and like, I'm just like, oh, damn, like that's what a lot of that shit was. And yeah, I was just like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah, I wrote a, bought a book about like taming it, dealing with it and like um, without any kind of medications and like, you know, it can help with diet and shit like that too. So I've been trying to form around that, but then I'm like, I go back and I think I'm like, fuck, I feel like everybody in the fucking industry has ADD. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would not surprise me. Yeah. Especially the way people act. Blow that these people do. (laughs) I was just thinking of this guy who worked at as a bartender for a while. He was like, I don't know if you were there when he was there. She was tall. No, I don't remember. Okay, well, he wasn't like that remarkable, to be honest. <laughs> but like, I I heard that he was always doing blow in the back, uh, the bathroom, um, like just during his shift. I think told me that he was just like constantly in the bathroom doing cocaine, <laughs> and like he finally got fired because he like basically sassed way too much, like, and this other guy were like smoking a cigarette out back, and this guy comes out with with a bag of trash and i think he was like going to throw it in the dumpster but it like broke and spilled trash all over the place oh fuck and he was just gonna leave it there and go back inside and is like you know the manager so he's he says hey are you not gonna clean that up and the guy apparently said fuck you man uh (laughs) and he wouldn't do it so it's like okay well i guess that means we gotta fire you then (laughs) But the guy did it while he was super high and I think drunk too. My God. The amount of stuff people put into their bodies working in the service industry, like, I feel like that should be a national crisis that people feel the need to self-medicate that hard working in these kinds of conditions. You know what I mean? But also, is it 
you know, is it because of the conditions in which they're working in, or is it because their mental health, which drives oh, yeah. into this industry that allows them to work under these conditions and permits it's them? It's probably both. You know, a little from I mean? column A, a little from column B. A little, a little, little cocktail, if you will. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> mental mixologist. Yeah, there you go. Mm, sprinkle a little bipolar disorder. <laughs> And there you go. You got. Oh, I'm like, is this why I was always so angry all the time? Shit. <laughs> Fucking probably. Is this why I would get pissed when people would like do things slightly the wrong way? That's low CD. You want to order food? We just opened. <laughs> Damn it. Or the people who come in right before close. We all fucking hate those people. Uh, yeah, for sure. Even an hour before close is pushing it, to be honest. I mean, unless you're really going to eat and be out of there in like 45 minutes. And I tell them, I tell them if I'm going to do that, look, man, I can get in and out of here in 30 minutes, you know, and they'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. You don't have to rush. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, well, no, I do. Oh, I know, motherfucker. <laughs> you don't want to be nice. You don't got to act nice. Man, when I worked at this grocery store, uh, there was... Like, I think we would announce that we were closing soon, but like this one, one night, this lady was just in there for like half an hour after closing, just like (laughs) meandering down the aisles, you know, like just going at her own glacial pace, (laughs) just picking up things, deciding what she wanted to get. And then she finally comes to get checked out. And like, all of us are just kind of milling around, waiting to be allowed to go clock out. It was ridiculous. I think we all wanted to hang out after that, too. Most of the places I worked at in my 20s, everybody hung out after work a lot. That's cool. I know. I mean, I don't keep in touch with hardly any of those people anymore, but it was yeah. fun while it lasted. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's like it's like what we used to do at Paisan. Like, we used to play board games in the back. Like, we'd had a good time. Board games? I don't remember that. Oh, it was, it was long before you ever got there. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, you're excused. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... Wow. There was a good, there was actually a good culture there for a while, you know? Oh I mean? yeah. Yeah. It was nice in yeah. spite of David's, you know, rage about back in front of house hanging out. Yeah. But at that point we, you know, it was, I think that was probably what sparked it. Honestly, I think it was the, the cohesion be, between us mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about what happened to turn it bad, but it's just like, you know, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> I know we drank way too much of the beer because they had to stop giving us uh staff drinks are allowing us to just drink out from the tap we were just pouring from the tap you know oh my god yeah time you know um i mean if you work at a place that doesn't give you at least a couple free drinks that's not a good sign (laughs) yeah i mean that means you're yeah it's not a good look either it's just oh yeah i I remember when i first started there uh and i was I came in on my off night because I was supposed to hang out with a couple people after work. And I was so new there that I was like desperate to make friends. <laughs> I came in, I got there early before they were even done working and yeah. just sat awkwardly at the bar next to this guy who also worked there. And he was like red face drunk, Damn. like just wasted. And like, he was like talking to the other people who were working there. Um, and, but he was being super loud and like the manager finally was like, telling him like dude quiet down like you're being way too loud you're like shouting fuck and this guy i think his name was he was like what fuck you man like he got so mad at being told to be quiet when he's wasted oh jeez. yeah and like was just trying to be a good manager i guess i mean you know he always was usually yeah but was just so offended um and like he starts talking shit about how is like way more fun when he's drunk at work like 
implying that was like at that point sober at work and that's why he was being such a killjoy um it got so awkward it got to the point where they were having they had this confrontation and like storms out of there uh i think he ended up coming up coming with us to missouri lounge afterward the dive bar down the street um, yeah and he was like he was still so mad he just thought he was so wronged and that sam had like you know and i was sitting next to him this whole time and i'm brand new and I'm like, oh my god! I hope this guy's horrible behavior doesn't reflect poorly on me. All right, like you're yeah. like guilty by association. I know. I'm like, I'm just sitting here. I don't even. I hardly know him. <laughs> That's awkward. That's yeah. Awkward. Well, and like, I didn't hardly know him then either. And I'm like hearing this guy talk about like you and your friend are fired. <laughs> oh my god! It was so weird. I remember one time, dude. I was trying to clean out the fryer. And I let I let my eyes off of it for a second, and I was straining it into a bucket. Well, that bucket filled, and then tipped. <gasps> no, was, dude, it was pre-brunch service. <gasps> yeah, Fuck. and like, I, you know, I was young at the time, so they had me fucking close the night before. Oh no, coming to clopen. Yeah, I clopened. Boy, did I clopen. <laughs> and fucking, I don't. You know, me and Jose would be in the back just waiting fucking talking shit listening to fucking spanish music nice and then as you, you know, do singing corridos and, fucking, <laughs> and then finally pasoma come up in the door for us and then we get to work and yeah but that particular morning i dropped a whole fucking bucket full of fryer oil on the kitchen floor oh my and god like, that is the what? worst fucking thing to clean up <laughs> i was like what do i do what do i do so i just grab like every box of kosher salt and start sprinkling it everywhere what is that how you do it? Yeah, it's like you got to get some kind of something to, something absorbent. Oh, okay. Well, hot tip. If you ever spill oil on yeah. your floor, sprinkle yeah, it with grease, salt. Greasy shit. Pour salt on it. Or if you have like, you know. And then your floral dust. tastes extra good. <laughs> Seasoned to perfection. Mm. Yeah. Salt no. bay. Yeah, that was a fucking pain in the ass. But it was funny in hindsight, I guess. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Once you have enough emotional distance from the situation. Right. That was a fucking nightmare. And especially in brunch. I fucking hated brunch. Oh, Everybody hates brunch. Brunch is bad no matter where you work. If you happen to work at a place that specializes in brunch, God help you. God help you. Brunch is always a fucking shit show. If you you ever go out to brunch and you wonder what the hell is going on with your order, it's because brunch is a fucking shit show. It just is. It's just always. It's just a flood. I don't know why. I don't know why it is. It's just bad all around. I don't know. You know, I will say the easiest brunch I ever worked though was at Long Branch. Oh, really? Yeah, I always told Sam, why don't we call it Long Brunch? <laughs> he didn't like that idea. Hell no. But I mean, the restaurant's Long Branch. Yeah. We do brunch. Why not just smush them together? Long call brunch. it Long Brunch. Uh, People yeah. will love it. Well, that's the thing, too, is nobody, especially like the bosses, they didn't like brunch either. So they made it. They streamlined it. They they prepped everything out. I will say and know how to run a fucking restaurant. You know, That's I mean? true. I mean. They kind of sucked as people, but they were really good at running uh, restaurants. I'm still good friends with both of them, man. I know. I like them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you but... didn't have to walk in on one of them pissing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I never finished that. He said, oops. And I just, like, <laughs> backed out awkwardly. And then we never spoke of it again. I was like, come on, doesn't that, like, make us, like, kind of buddies now? Yeah, no? Like, come on, bro, I know you piss like a toddler. <laughs> Uh, I will never stop being thankful for the length of his chef coat.
if I had had to see his ass on top of everything else. I don't know why it's the funniest shit to me ever, dude. He had really skinny legs, too. (laughs) Little matchstick legs. He's just, like, quivering from from release. (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Man, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I know. If you listen to this, I love you. (laughs) I don't love you. You were a really (laughs) shitty boss. Uh, I've become a really good server. No thanks to you. (laughs) You know, when I started working at higher end restaurants and, you know, the chef stocks the kitchen, you know, he's Mm -hmm. like a barracuda in the fucking water. Oh, my God. And it would be intimidating if I knew that they didn't read books about how to be this type of person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, Mr. 48 Laws of Power. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm just like. Everything you're you're doing is just in the it's a playbook and I can see it. But, it, you know, when you're young and, and you don't know anything about personalities or, or power or people controlling people, then it can be intimidating. Except I worked at a place where they would pound the shit in and I'm just getting oh beat down all day. And then I realized, oh, OK, so this is the approach. But and then, you know, when I went to higher end kitchens, restaurants, I was just like, you know, they'd look at you and they'd yell at you. And you're just like, yeah, OK, you're just like, how are you? damn it he's unfazed like what do we do now <laughs> his skin is too thick yeah that's exactly and i was just like come on bro my dad used to fucking yell at me harder than that bro like oh <laughs> shit you gotta do a better job than generational that. trauma generational trauma another another aspect of a hospitality worker oh yeah all the trauma yeah <laughs> and, and just like you know i'm like whatever bro as long as you're putting hands on me we're cool yeah Something that I really, I learned at Paisan that really stuck with me was just the importance of being there for your team. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck management. They're assholes, usually. Even when they try to be nice, they still are, like, gonna be dicks. Because <laughs> it's just the nature of the job, apparently. But the important thing is to have your the backs of the people on the floor with you. That's, like, other servers, that's the bussers, the cooks, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to get close to the cooks. There's always that barrier of like the fact that you make tips and they don't. Um, yeah, but you can I, still like be nice to them, offer to get them water, you know, like beer, bro. tell. Yeah, buy them a beer, tell them that a customer loved their food. I always like doing that. If a customer made a comment about how good the food was, I'd always go up to the window and tell the cook how good, how much it, they liked it. Sure. That makes the job worthwhile. Yeah. So it's, it's like having having each other's backs. That's what makes a shift happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like whenever I've worked at a place where the team was good like that to each other, everything went much more smoothly. For sure. For sure. Like at Paisan, like we were really good at working as a team in the front of house. And like even on a hectic Friday night, we did a really good job. But like would get so stressed out. He'd be like snapping at people and like losing his shit. It's like, dude, we're all doing fine. Like, yeah, everything's running smoothly. Yeah. I don't know why you're freaking out. Well, like maybe tri- go it, hang it, out in the back since you're apparently being fucking useless. It trickles down, you know. Mm-hmm. It all trickles down. He seriously told me one time, "If you got time to lean, you got time to clean." And For I'm sure. like, "Are you fucking serious?" That's a classic line. A classic like, fucking managers line. need to learn some new fucking lines. All right. <laughs> yeah, they think they're real original. You got time to say stupid lines. You got time to think of better ones. <laughs> yeah fucking yeah the whole culture the whole fucking thing it's just a lot of it's unnecessary and um doesn't need to be that type of way but 
again, like I'm, we're that, I don't know. I could speak for myself. I'm sure you are too, but that generation between how it used to be and how it is now. And it's just like, you know, it speaks a lot to vol- it speaks volumes to our generation in general, like going, being born into an analog state mm-hmm. and everything switching over to digital for us. We'll die. Everything will be digital, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, I saw the last of this old school mentality and now I'm, I'm etching into the new school. Cause you know, when I went to the higher end restaurants, I'm just like, a lot of the old chefs were not allowed to talk to the new staff, you know, at all. No, it would have to be indirect communication mm-hmm. because they will say some shit and you know, it'll piss them off and they'll leave oh. or worse you know, they take it the wrong way. And then, you mm-hmm. know, what is that supposed to mean? Is that harassment? You know, yada, yada. Yeah. And so now there has to be like this once removed in between these higher mm-hmm. places and it's like, I understand it. And then, but it's so awkward because like, you can't have a conversation with these people, the people that run it and own it. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's another reason I won't work at a, a chef owner. I've never worked at non, except for Paisan and in like a long branch. It was just, it was always not, I've always worked at chef owners because I don't want that once detachment, you know, that, that mm-hmm. detachment because I'm just like either you're invested in this and I'm doing this or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the new generation versus the old, it's just, you know, I, it's going to be the same for every generation. The generation under us is going to say the same thing about the new one. Mm-hmm. Just different, you know, styles of doing shit. Yeah. But I mean, historically speaking, this industry has always been for more outcasts of society. Like even our schedules mm-hmm. are backwards. Our commutes are backwards. Yeah, that's Aged true. off are backwards. And in my 20s, that was great. But now as I'm older, I'm like, ah, well, you know, my partner's not off on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work the same anymore as I'm getting older. And so that's why I'm like just trying to transition to like I guess what do you call it? I don't know, fucking a run of the mill 9 to 5 fucking mm-hmm. job. Well, that and I don't I go to bed early now, dude. Oh yeah. I love going to bed at 10 o'clock, you know. Having my mornings are important. Oh yeah, it's great. I get like mm-hmm. fall asleep by eleven. I'm up at seven. Jamie yeah. comes to wake me up with with Rocky. Ruby's usually already on the bed with me. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice having shit like that. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a young person's game. I don't know, but there's so a lot of old people. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, shall I say, elderly servers. Call them the old and heads. people in the kitchen. Yeah, the gray hairs. Uh-huh. I've actually the last few restaurants I've worked at did have a lot of people who were like in their 30s and 40s and even older. I feel um, like COVID brought back a lot of them. Or they just I don't know. There's just some places like, especially working in the Bay Area, like especially especially in San Francisco, uh, like a lot of the people who stay in restaurants are people who have like extreme rent control and they've been in the same spot. For like sure. They lived in the same apartment for like a decade at least. Yeah. And like they can afford to work as a in a restaurant and stay in the city because of that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is why rent control is good, because otherwise people can't afford to work at a restaurant and serve you food. Oh, like what's happening now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the people I met at my last restaurant job. Like they had rent controlled apartments. That's why they were able to afford to live in the city and work at a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the tips at the last place weren't exactly like amazing. They were good enough for me, yeah. but I'm financially dependent on my partner. So I will say, um, 
going back to the, like funny stories i do have one oh story. yeah okay yeah um fucking so okay i work at this nice restaurant you know where i'm at mm-hmm. um and older head too he was an older he was an older gentleman i i, I felt bad for the guy because he was he was older and he was not happy you know what i mean it's just like you know when you realize something and this has happened to me multiple times down the line which is why i'm transitioning out or mm-hmm. trying my hardest to transition out mm-hmm. because like you see these people that have been in the game so long that talk about the glory days of hospitality, you know, like TFL French laundry back in the, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, goddamn, like that sounds like a fucking, you know, a book, a movie could be written about just that alone. Haven't they done that? Like Anthony Bourdain's book was like a big fucking deal. Yeah. But I mean, shit, I got a shirt on right now with him. Oh really? <laughs> the yeah. Let's see it. And another to why I got into it because you know, it really sold the, the story of of being. I can confirm he is wearing an Anthony Bourdain shirt. He's flipping us off. That's true. He's flipping us off. It's very cool. I mean, reading Kitchen Confidential at a younger age, and then um, watching his TV shows and like travel is always something that I always always been interested in when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I, again, I used to watch a lot of PBS. So yeah, it would be like uh, Rick Steve in Europe. And trying all this bomb ass Italian food, and I, I, uh, I didn't do well in high school. <laughs> it's amazing that I'm in the industry, right? Yeah, my God, <laughs> crazy. Uh, fucking didn't do well in high school, and like I barely went my senior year, and they they finally threatened me with the fucking police to arrest my mom for my 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 absences. Wow. Okay. And so I had to go. I had to make it up by going to Saturday school for the whole fucking year. I was in mm-hmm. school every fucking morning, every Saturday for my oh, God. But my, was it like a breakfast club situation or yeah, not? Was it, was it up, cool dude. like that? They, like we didn't have that much freedom. We had to sit in one classroom, but at least well, they we, were supposed to stay there in that one room. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I would always wander off, but. Oh yeah, of course. But you got to. Not when my uh, English teacher would pay, would play. He would put on fucking no reservations and he would put on fucking, uh, some other show about traveling the world mm-hmm. and i was always just fascinated i'm like fuck you know because i'm from the small town where it's just tweakers and fucking labor workers yeah and, and then the owners mm-hmm. very classist very segregated very fucking racist and just not the best place to be as a kid you know especially as somebody who aspires to go see things because mm-hmm. they're watching all these damn traveling shows and they're just like fuck this is like you know there's a whole different world out there for me and I never felt like I belonged. And yeah. when I watched No Reservations, um, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this guy just fucking gets it. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, man, like, well, how do I end up in this situation? You know, and then you trace it back. And he's like cooking. He's always cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that's about when I was out of high school is when Gordon Ramsay and all the chef shows started taking off. When you watch his, like, his fucking kitchen nightmares in, in English in e- from England. It's it's him show, it's showing a restaurateur who cares about the people that are in the restaurants that is willing yeah. to go and help these people figure it out. Mm-hmm. And like his interactions with the cooks alone, it's just like, okay, like these are my fucking guys. Yeah. He's, he's respectful. Like, yeah. And he'll talk to a chef and be like, you're just going to treat your fucking team like this? Like, yeah. Let them fucking burn like this? Yeah. And, um, you know, watching like his show, The F Word, um, it was like, you okay, know, I keep getting that show confused with the L word, but I assume <laughs> it's different. <laughs> oh my god um no it's just gordon ramsay in this one oh okay (laughs) 
So very mm-hmm. different from the L word. Is very different from the L word. Um, okay. Okay. But uh, you know, I'm sure the L word we eat at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. You know, gotta eat something. Pretty girl. Um, <laughs> but fucking in the F word, he you know it was just like he he again he's just showing he's very straightforward. He was like very about food culture. Right. About, you know, it's just it wasn't him being an asshole necessarily. He's witty. He's fucking funny. But it was more based on like I remember he because he, he, he shows his kids and he's teaching his kids about food like they, mm. they even get like sheep and he's like has them name them they're like he's like all right now jackson's gonna go to the to the slaughterhouse and they're like say goodbye and he's like say goodbye to jackson kids and they're like bye jackson he's like oh my god dykes and so <laughs> and they bring him back and they're eating it and he goes how does john how does jackson taste kids and they're like oh it's delicious papa and it's just like fuck, are they dickensian orphans <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Can I have and, some more, Jackson? <laughs> Jackson's delicious. <laughs> and but like it was more of like how we care for these livestock, and it's not about just like the process of eating a fucking piece of meat that's from a slab from a grocery store. It was we raised them, we took care of them, and now they're nurturing us. You know, mm-hmm. and that kind of yeah. like that thought process really uh rung with me and i was just like that's what i want to do not work at fucking carl's jr oh my god yeah. <laughs> doing swing shifts dude i had to walk to work with the <laughs> the town i'm from is not that great so i'd always have to carry something on me to protect myself oh fuck but i kept a meat hook in my in my Our meat hook yeah where'd you even get a meat hook uh my dad used to work at harris ranch he was um he worked in a, in a processing factory you know oh okay so he just brought a meat hook home and gave yeah. it to his little boy no i wasn't He's like here son now it's your turn <laughs> i want you to take, <laughs> take i want you to take your father's meat hook and someday this will all be yours <laughs> <laughs> someday just holding the meat hook out no nah, but my theory was like all right somebody tries like you confront somebody and they're like what's up then you know they pull out a meat hook are you yeah who wants to fuck with the guy with the meat hook hook? yeah no i like you know what uh i made a mistake i just remembered i got a dentist appointment yeah Yeah, i know i gotta go i'm walking to my swing shift to unload this (laughs) fucking shitty truck oh my god oh dude carl's jr was not what i you know i was like i want to cook oh i want to cook I want to be this great chef. And then the <laughs> only thing I could find was fucking Carl's Jr. And so I got, got to start somewhere. I, dude, honestly, yeah, it gave me perspective of what not, what I didn't want to do. That's true. A lot of the jobs that you end up working in your 20s, like they're jobs that help you figure out what you don't want. Yeah, you're like, this fucking sucks. Yes, exactly. My jobs that I had in my 20s were pretty much, most of them were customer facing and they made me realize that I hate customers. Mm-hmm. People and I don't want to be facing them at all. <laughs> so now I work from home. I don't have to interact with customers. I barely have to interact with my coworkers. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty you great. It. You like, fucking... I only go to meetings when my boss makes me. And then I sit there and I'm like, why am I here? This could have been an email. This could have been a fucking email. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. that's awesome. I'm fucking glad you did that because I would love to do some Thank shit you. like that. Yeah. Well, things are getting a little hinky with it right now, but hopefully it'll even back out soon. Yeah. Well yeah i hope it does yeah but yeah that's cool that you uh that you had like all these influences like growing up that made you want to be a cook professionally does it make you sad that now you don't really want to do it anymore after doing like being in the industry for so long not really because i have the skills now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i've learned something that nobody can take away from me that's true that's the bottom line that's what i like a lot as a person right oh yeah it changed me changed me a lot like you know i 
initially I thought I had to be mean. I thought I had to be, you know, um, an aggressive person. I thought I had to be an asshole. I thought I had to be able to, you know, run a kitchen because that's how it was shown. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I don't need to be any of that shit. Yeah. I could just sing. I'm in love with a stripper on a fucking, you know, <laughs> on the line because I'm getting my shit pushed in and I have no other way to cope but dissociate by singing lyrics to songs that I really like and make <laughs> everybody else feel better. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll lift myself up by lifting up those around me. Yeah, exactly. What and, is it? A rising tide lifts all boats. Oh, shit. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't make that up. Just I know. want to make that clear. Oh, that was great. You just came up <laughs> on top. Damn. Bro. I'm a genius. Got bars. Woo. <laughs> I'm smart. No, nah, but uh, oh, bro, when I was working at Carl's Jr., I <laughs> I was the worst fucking employee. Oh, you were? Oh, nice. it was terrible. I didn't give a fuck because I was just. Oh, I didn't yeah. Either. My mom had forced. I mean, me but it, you know, Carl's Jr. I mean, isn't everyone kind of the worst employee except for I the mean, manager? Some people take it serious, you know. Some people. Oh, I guess that's true. Serious. I mean, it is a job for some people. I mean, yeah, some people are able to make a livable wage, but I remember like them. They're like, I don't know. It's just something about like the whole like I worked again being in a labor industry, and capitalism is a system in whole. There's this weird praise for overworking yourself. Oh yeah, it's American culture, big time. Yeah, and it's like masochistic, and it's just like, you know, they t- and this is what you're taught. You know, oh, I work so hard. Oh, I work so hard. I work so hard. And I'm just like, but why? Yeah. But what for? Why though? Like, why can't I make this much money and be cool without having to fucking give dedicate my whole life to Carl's Jr.? Yeah, exactly. And like Like, this lady was like, yo, oh, I work 50 hours this week. I'm going to get a nice fat paycheck. And I was just like, how much? She's like, big old whopping $900, baby. And I'm like, that's not even a thousand (laughs) dollars. And you don't have a life. Oh my God. Your face is caked in fucking hamburger grease. Oh. And you're Rough. bragging about making $900? Like, again, it's just perspective, I guess. But I was just like, I know. Like, I, at that point, that's when I was just like, I got to get the fuck out of here and fast. Oh, yeah. Or I well, yeah. That's just a symptom of American work culture. Because, you know, in like so many European countries, they get fucking like six weeks off a year. What? Like, they just shut down. Like, entire places just like shut down for a certain amount of time every year when everyone takes vacation. though i fucking i remember just hating the job and like one time i, I didn't even fifo shit <laughs> like i was just like it's 3 a.m bro i ain't taking out all these boxes to put new boxes in just to put the old boxes on top i was like Fuck oh my god guys. and then i draw i remember one time i dropped i picked up a box of like remember the six dollar burger mm-hmm. yeah i oh, picked up a box no. of those fucking things when when it was when six dollars for a hamburger was considered bougie and oh, it was just oh like, yeah i was gonna say wouldn't that have been expensive back then it was expensive back then, yeah, and the patty was fucking huge. Oh, okay. So at least you get something for your money. Yeah, I guess. A fucking heart attack. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I dropped the whole fucking box because I lifted it and the bottom just gave out. And <gasps> oh, just, fuck. And they dropped because oh they're just frozen solid. So it's just these bricks of ice just dropping. And I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I just scooped them back up. And put them oh, back. no. Oh my god, when I worked at this one cafe, uh there were regulars who would not order anything from the owner because he was known to drop stuff on the floor and then pick it up and still use it. What the fuck? 
Yeah, there was a bookstore up the street, and so the people who work there would like call in and place orders. And if they and if he picked up the phone, they would just hang up and call again later. Like he's still handling the food. Yeah, no, like because they just knew they they couldn't trust him to like be sanitary. Jesus, he's the owner. Oh yeah, he was the owner. Yeah, he would drop stuff right in front of people and then pick it up and keep using it like nothing oh, happened. Hell no. I'd be like, like dude, you're not a you're shit. not a magician. You're not like using sleight of hand to like He's trick like, people and not noticing. Like, no, I just use a three second rule, bro. Come on. Now. <laughs> like, my God, it's like I know you're struggling to run your business, but like, come on, you can't be struggling bad. that bad, bro. There used to be <laughs> there used to be a, a restaurant from because uh, I used to live on Stanford in San Pablo, and there was this dude who owned a I, I wouldn't call it a restaurant. It was his house mm-hmm. that he doubled as a kitchen by putting like fucking low boys in a cold line in. And then this Wait, is before. What are low boys again? Are those the waist high fridges? Yeah, the waist high fridges with a cold bar, like, you know, cold mise en place, a refrigerated, like a refrigerator. Okay, you got to You got to explain your lingo. I mean, even in the industry, I don't understand all these terms. <laughs> all right. This dude had a refrigerator that you can open from the top and then look oh. down to all kinds of pans. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. And in his living room. <laughs> in his living room yeah it was not okay. it was not was he like running room. a sandwich shop out of his living room he was literally running a in a falafel oh my god he was a sandwich okay. and falafel joint and this was oh before. were the falafels good no he just buy them frozen and fry them in a little home oh, fry. Like, it was like before the whole ghost kitchen shit and like this man already put had figured it out oh, so wow. he was put up his own restaurant quote-unquote um but it wasn't a restaurant it was a dude's house that figured out that i can put this shit on an eater on mm-hmm. uber eats and oh, all these shit. fucking doordash and they would come pick it up from my house and fucking i can sell it and make money whoa <laughs> Dude, it, the fucking yelp reviews it was <laughs> it's a like i i i asked i begged my roommate to take a picture of them and to screenshot them and make a book out of them because it was just like people were like i don't know what this place is but this isn't what i fucking ordered and like all kinds of crazy shit, and this guy would respond to those. <gasps> oh no! He'd be like, "Dear so and so, you're only saying that because you are fucking drunk, and like you just don't know." It was the <laughs> what? Best. It was the oh fucking my God. bro. And drama would pop off on that line. We'd be like, "Oh shit, hey, some new a new drop on the fucking on the fucking I forgot it was called like health food store or some shit like that, like mm-hmm. something like that." <laughs> we would, we would, and my roommate would go into the place because he was friends with him, mm-hmm. like you know, in a in a and like a fucking, you know, you, you go talk to the crazy guy at, near the ho- fucking hospital type of deal. Mm-hmm. And he'd go in there and be like, hey, man, how's it going? He's just like, oh, you know, bro, I'm just fucking running this restaurant <laughs> out of my house. And and he would eat there, too, because it was cheap. And <laughs> it was so gross, dude. Finally, the city came and they found his ass because he would he would operate at night. Oh, so OK. They, finally, after enough complaints, they came and they shut his ass down. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. He got oh my God. for a while. Jeez. You know, it's so funny, like, because when you see shitty Yelp reviews, like, you want to hear the owner's side. At least <laughs> I do. Like, you want to hear the restaurant side because, like, people who write reviews on Yelp, I mean, they're just rough. Like, having seen, having worked in a place where, like, and checking the Yelp reviews and seeing people just straight up lying on them. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, I always want to hear the restaurant side of things, but like if the restaurant does choose to respond, like depending on how they do it, you know, sometimes your opinion of them can change based on how they respond. I mean, 
Cause like I worked at one place where we had this like huge group of people who got so fucking rowdy. Like it was a restaurant with like a bar area uh-huh. and in there multiple, like many of them wrote reviews afterward. Cause we had to kick them out because uh-huh. they were being super rowdy. They were wasted. They were like almost crashing into tables, Jeez. taking selfies. They were like being super loud, just pretty bad, you know? So we like had to cut them off, which is, you know, every time you try to cut off a drunk person, like, Oh, uh, never goes well. It, yeah it's like oh my god can people stop getting so fucked up that they can't handle being cut yes, off like um, yes, if you're being I'm cut drinking. off it, yeah no if you're, you're being cut off it's me. because you need to be cut off so stop making a big fucking deal out of it and go home like, yeah but you really want to keep drinking just go do it at home yeah that, I mean, that's the issue with alcohol it's crazy that it's even fucking legal and will weed is just becoming legal when alcohol is obviously a g- way bigger issue than anything the abuse, oh yeah and these people were just crime. like acting up, you know, like we had, we finally had to like kick them out. I was their server too. So I was just like, oh, oh hell God. Man. I know I'm like, it's not my job to kick people out. Like I should not be it's responsible not for That's this. Manager's job. Yeah, exactly. And so I did have to get my manager involved. That's why they get paid the small bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is not my job. I don't get paid for this. Uh, like, so my manager, I had two managers trying to manage the situation. And like, of course, the reviewers the next day or the next few days, because I left reviews over the next few days. Sick. Yeah, they like, they talked, way more, <laughs> they talked way more shit about my female manager. And then they assumed the male manager was the owner. And I'm like, you guys, which was funny, because they were also accusing us of being racist for like kicking them out, because they were like a pretty mixed group. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but you guys are like us like making all these and so I don't know. Like it was a very awkward, uncomfortable situation. Oh, and then the owner of like, the restaurant you're just pissed. Yeah, no, the actual owner of the restaurant was responding to like all of their no. all of their reviews and saying mm-hmm. like basically calling them out for being fucking wasted. Okay. You know, and like okay. describing their sloppy behavior. And also defending his restaurant saying, like, we're not racist. Like, he did the whole, like, the white guy thing where he's like, you know, this is the most diverse team I've had the pleasure of working with. And I'm like, I mean, most of the staff is white. At least (laughs) most of the front of house staff is white. And it was like a southern restaurant. I don't think there there was like a single black person who worked there. Oh, shit. But they were so mad that they left all these different reviews talking about how racist we were. And the the owner responded to all of them. Who has time like that? If you have that, well, he had time, time to respond hand. to all of them. Well, as the owner, you got to defend your fucking place. You know, he's, that's fair. That's fine. But I'm saying, like, if you guys are that fucked up and you're that pissed off about the fact that you got kicked out for being that, you have so no self awareness. You're being immature. You're trying to mm. dox fucking business just because you're being a dickhead. Yeah, and that's the that's the issue that I have with y'all is mm-hmm. like because you know you can attack people on it via that like that do that route. But also, what the fuck do you know about food? Mm-hmm. what the fuck do you know about service what do you know about anything that happens besides the point of opening that door sitting down getting what you order shoving it through your fucking hole and then they, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah they never put the hours in they never put the time in it's just it, it's like it's like it's like when you see these social media accounts talking about these things like they're professionals in these fields when you have no idea what you're talking about you've never even went to school or taken a class on basic nutrition for anything and it's just like you don't know anything. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and yeah. that's the issue that I have. I'm I'm gonna step off my soapbox now. Oh, I mean, you could stay there. <laughs> it's all being recorded, baby. Oh, that's true, huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got your Yelp segment right there. 
Oh, yeah. Fuck Yelp. That's our statement on Yelp. But also, I like Yelp. Oh, I, I what? Use, I Plot use. twist. But here's, yeah, it's a tool. You know what I mean? Oh, true. Yeah. It's a tool. If if you are a tool, then you won't take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. If you understand how a shit works, then you'll read the reviews. You'll average out the fucking, the common, you know, you'll, you can find the rational uh messages within some of these fucking posts and then you have like i'm an elite 23 um i know a lot about food oh my god this isn't it the vibes are off and it's just like shut the fuck up (laughs) um my crispy potatoes are actually soggy well then maybe if you fucking ate them instead (laughs) of taking pictures of them for 20 fucking minutes you might have had crispy potatoes you dumbass Okay, but sometimes the food does look really good and you got to at least take one photo of it. That's okay. That's yeah. absolutely fine. But, but yeah, not for 20 minutes. Photo shoot like they're You know when they're like through? standing up on their chair and like Bro. hovering over the the table and they it's make everyone dinner. else arrange their plates. It's a social environment to be with the people that you love and you take together and you go enjoy a meal. It's one of the most primitive things you can do as a fucking human being and you're making it the most unintimate fucking <laughs> kind of display of bullshit for your fucking social media account that you're not even going to post today but two days from now or in a week yeah because you want to look cool like get the fuck i just want to make people jealous when i get really good food for sure that's what i would tell customers if i saw them taking photos of their food i'd be like oh gotta make your friends jealous right and they're like no Oh my god, it's You're so yelp. awkward. My when... server was very weird to me today. She tried to try to make my friends jealous. Okay, going back to Yelp though, when I worked at that cafe, that dessert cafe, I had a coworker who was so fucking weird. And someone actually wrote a Yelp review complaining about how weird he was. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, at one point he just like stood in front of us going, milk. And I was like, yeah, that that does sound like him, actually. That's exactly something uh, he would do. I would love that shit. I oh, mean, I'm sure God. there was more context around it. Like, he wasn't <laughs> like he just randomly went up to them and started saying milk. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it within uh, his repertoire of weird behavior. Sir, if you're listening to this, you can serve my table any day of the week. <laughs> OK, but yeah, so I was I was like. Especially once I started getting on Prozac, I was like the weird server at people's tables. <laughs> was I know that was saying milk to people. No, not quite, but I definitely <laughs> like you just like dissociated your fucking mind. And your... I don't know. I was way more chatty, way more like just saying whatever came into my head. Like later, I'd be like, "Oh my fucking god, when are you gonna learn to shut the fuck up?" No, you know. I mean, but people seem to like it most of the time. But like, you know, every t- it's just so uncomfortable when you go up to a table and you try to like you know build rapport with them and like yeah. crack a joke and they just don't they don't take any of it or like, they don't get your sense of humor at all and they just yeah are like offended by your existence you gotta build the rapport first you can't come in hot Some well yeah you try it. but they don't get it right from the get-go yeah yeah or like they try to build rapport with you and you're like ew i don't like this shut don't. up <laughs> your vibe is your vibe sucks like i've had a lot of people do that with me for some reason like old white people trigger me the most really like old white men because oh, they'll fuck. try to be all like make stupid dad jokes like throw me a table i'm not like old whites bro i'll fucking oh i'll have God. them invite me over to the fucking cookout you know Getting like a buttery about, chardonnay the some new balance yeah i'm talking you know that we have like Hey, why don't you come on over and uh have dinner you know what i mean <laughs> or like the old white dudes who are just like like when i come up i'm like hello and they're like hi and i'm like dude 
can you dial it down? I just want your food order. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, I know. Some people are lonely. Oh, yeah. Well, but they'll be there with like all their friends. Oh, well, then I don't. I... They're trying to like, you know, impress someone or something. I don't know. If you're cool and you're, you're you know, then I'm, 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 I'll vibe with you. That's one thing I've gotten really good at is just taking whatever energy is thrown at me and then either returning it, manipulating it, and then returning it. That's one thing that serving has done a lot for me. It's it's, it's crowd management. People. Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely learned that too. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, and uh, that whole experience of being able to fucking take that because you know I used to be, used to be. I still am. I'm very rough around the edges. Um, I'm in, in the rough. Yeah, but I've gotten a lot better at, you know, someone says some off the wall shit, then I'm I'm not like. You know, I'm not fight or flight mode anymore. I'm, I'm older now, mm-hmm. but now I'll be like, "Oh, what does that mean?" You know, and then I, you know, I could probe instead of taking a non-react reactionary. I guess would be the better wording for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, I did have an instance not too long ago where, oh, oh I was reactionary. <gasps> yeah, you ever have a nightmare customer? Let's talk about nightmare customers. Oh yes, nightmare customers are mm-hmm. nightmares. If you couldn't tell, if you fucking, if you're having a bad day just eat a snickers yeah or this is not an advertisement for snickers before you have <laughs> before you decide to 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 spread your bad day just drink a fucking martini like mm-hmm. just have a drink you know yeah. have, a, have a bite have and, a beer and, yeah have yeah. a beer breathe breathe have a snack yeah. yeah eat something get your you know get your blood levels get your blood sugars back up mm-hmm. um or just shut the fuck up and go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nobody order delivery. Like, I swear to God, there's people out there that just they don't know how to feel, they don't know how to react. So you have to go give it off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you ever hear about that guy on Mother's Day who was like super pissed that he couldn't get the table he wanted for brunch? No. Yeah. Well, okay, so to be fair, we fucked up get a table on brunch on Mother's okay. Day. To be fair, we fucked up that year. We weren't supposed to take reservations for groups of three or less. Uh-huh. But because Sam had taken a reservation for a group of three and we saw it in the book, Oof. we thought that it was okay to do that. Ooh. And this guy had called before we made that error. Oh. So we had told him, sorry, we can't save you a table for just three people. So oh. he gets there and he sees all these tables reserved. <laughs> oh, and the only table we had available was near the bathroom. So he was like, <laughs> And here comes David scooching his ass across the dining room. (laughs) Yeah. One leg in front of the other. No, okay, so this guy got so mad. Like, I don't even know how his wife felt about the situation because he just decided to have enough emotions emotions for, like, ten people. And he starts screaming about how we ruined his Mother's Day. Oh. Like, he was screaming at Chef David. Okay. You ruined my fucking Mother's Day. Oh, okay. If your whole Mother's Day was dependent on one shitty reservation, I'm you like, probably hey, bro, fucked it up yourself. You know, you could have stayed home and made your wife breakfast yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you could have done something That's nice always an option. You could have took your wife out to a fucking nice meadow, uh, gone Had out. Had a picnic. Fucking, go hiking. Could have bought her, like, a gift card to her favorite store or whatever. Shit, taking her somewhere nice. Oh my God. <laughs> Mother's Day brunch, like brunch is already bad enough. Mother's Day brunch is like the fucking worst. Double fuck. You know, like there's just 
there's so much pressure put on it because people don't appreciate mothers and like women enough the rest of the year so they put everything on mother's day and then if it doesn't go perfectly they freak out people really have that expectation huh oh yeah think that that's the day that they get to show where it matters yeah that's the only day that they bother well if that's the case and you're listening to this then you're a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah appreciate women every day just be nice bro yeah be bottomless nice. mimosas every weekend not just on mother's day yeah oh god i'm so glad i haven't worked at a place that did bottomless mimosas though can you imagine i couldn't i i can't deal with drunk it's, assholes if you want bottomless mimosas it is so much cheaper to just get some champagne and orange juice and have that shit at home or you basically just... a lot of this podcast so far is boiling down to just stay home <laughs> we don't want support you. the restaurant industry so it doesn't die but also just stay <laughs> home and make your own food and drinks just call in <laughs> yeah you know what? The best way to support restaurants is to just order for pickup and tip Lucky. a lot. People hate or people hate tipping on to go orders, but I mean, if you're not going to eat in, I mean, that's where we're at now. I don't mind tipping on takeout. We're at. If it's a minimal transaction, like all right, I go to I go to the coffee shop, I get my coffee. I'm not going to tip you fucking twenty five percent. I mean, even if I do, it'll be fucking a dollar. <laughs> well, yeah, I usually tip like a dollar. Yeah, like if I get a beer, then I'm get you know it's two dollars down on that return. You know what I mean? If I'm feeling, if I know I'm going to be drinking a lot, which I don't do anymore, but back in the day, right, it would be a dollar drink on top of whatever I paid you. It'll probably amount to like twelve bucks anyway. Yeah. Or um, you know, wait till the end to add it all on. But yeah, no, I'm fucking. If it's a minimal transaction, then I don't I don't really tip too much. But restaurants, I've become I've I've done more so because I know it's just like nobody's coming in here to to do that anymore. Yeah. And you know I've worked off tips my majority of my life now, so paying it forward is important to me. Mm. But like, I have some friends that are completely against it. They're like, "Why should I tip you? It's your job." And I'm also like, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right." Because I, when my I, job is doing the bare minimum. You tip so that you actually get an attentive server who like remembers what you want and like cares about your experience, right? While well, you're there, this is a good conversation subject. This is this is definitely one. Oh God, tipping! I mean, it's so it, it is. It can really polarize. controversial. It can polarize. A oh yeah. Well, because the thing is, is like if you work in a state that doesn't have a server's wage and servers just make minimum wage automatically, like. Right. Which is people where it's usually coming from. Right. Like people really don't see why you should be tipped. And it's like, well, because it's still, you still can't afford to live in states that don't do servers wage unless you make more than minimum wage. Like, yeah, yeah. the minimum wage in the Bay Area might be $15 an hour or more now, but that you can't afford to live here on $15 an hour. That's true. You know what you makes know. me laugh is when they're like, well, $15 an hour for a McDonald's employee. Well, then I might as well quit my job and become a McDonald's employee. It's like, and it's yeah, like yeah, bro, you should. Go for it. And also, See how you like wage, it. Minimum wage should actually be $25 an hour. Yeah. I mean, if people just don't think about how circular the economy is. And if the more money we pay people to do all of these different jobs, the more they can then spend, like... They put that money back into the economy. Right. But then it takes, yeah, no, it, it's hard for people to understand how exactly the money will flow. And then like the whole thing of like, you know, minimum wage and you have to pay more and then everything's going to cost more and then yada, yada, yada. But, but then you got to look at like the, 
the growth in general of what the dollar value was versus then versus now, but that that's a whole different one. Oh yeah. Understand. No, it's yeah. just it's just hard to comprehend shit like that. But, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, ideally people would be paid enough that tipping wouldn't matter. Yeah. Like I have worked at at least one place that did away with tipping and just added like an automatic service yeah. charge to every bill. How and they that? even they went so far as to have like when we first opened, they went so far as to have notes at every table explaining their all of this in detail and yeah. like explaining their thought process and like yeah. how the money was divided amongst the staff, you know, just so people would understand going into it and people would still get really mad about it. Like like one of my coworkers had a confrontation with a customer who demanded that the service charge be taken off his bill <laughs> and that he wanted to like tip however much he was going to tip and it it was just like, you know, we, this was laid out for you very clearly before you ordered anything. If you right. didn't like it, then you should have just left. They still acting blindsided. Yeah. But like, so people basically really didn't like the service charge. Yeah. Like they didn't like that that was there, even if they knew what it was going to. Like it wasn't just the servers, like the front of house getting it. It was back of house would get pieces of it too. Yeah. Like, actually, we didn't really make that much money there. Like, even though we made a higher hourly wage yeah. because we would only get a smaller portion of the tips, like the money wasn't super good. Mm. Um, but yeah, the place ended up closing after like four months. And I think part of the reason was because people were so offended at the idea of an automatic service charge. And it's like, this out and this no, this was in Berkeley. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You can't do that in Berkeley. Well, and it was uh, they had moved they had taken over the space that used to be this like french restaurant for like decades so people were a lot of elderly berkeley residents were like big mad that they couldn't get their like 80s style french cuisine anymore um it was like berkeley ones the most you know like oh equal rights and free this and free that and they're like wait i gotta pay you how much yeah well and it's like okay so like Okay, so if we don't do the 20% service charge automatically, then we just put that money and like raise the prices. Right. But the prices are already high because they're we're paying our staff a higher hourly wage. Right. So like people act like they want to get rid of tipping and they're like just raise prices. And it's like, yeah, but when you do that, people still get mad about it. Right. Like people, I think it must be like a psychological thing where people see the prices on the menu being fairly low and then the tip feels optional so that it still makes them feel like they're getting a good deal even if they tip like a decent amount um like how they like how you know they will make the price 99.99 instead of 100 (laughs) because it makes people more inclined to buy it because it seems like a better deal even though it's literally a penny right and it's it's only nine dollars yeah so if like the price of a burger at a place is like ten dollars and then you would tip like two dollars for twenty percent yeah. Like people are going to feel like that's a better deal than just paying $12 and not tipping. Yeah. I see what you said. The perceived value. Yeah. 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 I guess so. Yeah. Well, especially because like people have this sense that they get to change whether or not it's $2 or less or more based on how the service went. Oh, so yeah. I think people, a lot of people really actually like having that amount of power. Oh, no, they lost their power. Yeah. They like, a lot of people are just really attached to that. Like they want to have that that little bit of power over someone else. For sure. People there is definitely the guest that comes into a restaurant just so they have control over somebody for the evening. 
That's yeah. definitely a fucking thing. There's people out there that need that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, on Saturday night, we had this guest come in, talk about... Um, She's at the bar. She she sits there for hours drinking water and looking at the menu. Finally orders oh, a lobster. And she's just oh, talking shit. to the bartender. And then um bartender's like, yeah, what, what can I get you? Do you, you want something? She goes, oh, what, what pairs well with the lobster? And she's like, oh, you know, typically white wine, you know, maybe Chardonnay. And she's like, oh, I don't really like Chardonnay, yada, yada. And she's like, well, you know, if you, you know. You want something red? You can do a light pinot and something like that. And she's like, "Oh, more co- cocktails." And what about cocktails? And so she goes to the cocktail menu. You know, something more. You know, something with maybe sparkling wine forward. You know, some like an aperitif style cocktail. And she's just like, "Huh, okay." This conversation goes on for ten minutes. Oh my god! She asks finally, "Well, what what is it can I, that I can get you with the lobster?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't drink alcohol." What? I'm not even fucking lying to you, dude. This is literally. Oh my god. And she's just like, you should just crush the bartender. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she the fucking held her packed. hostage. The bar is fucking packed. You have people. Yeah. All oh, no, packed. it always happens when the bar is packed. Uh-huh. And she's just like, let me come in here. Distract you from your job. Fucking toy you around and not actually give you any revenue. Just she so you, just so she can feel like she's in control. You know what I mean? It's just like, damn, you're that lonely. Like you don't I have so. fucking friends that you can't just come fucking chop it up with and have a good time, but you need to come in and bother this person that's just trying to do their fucking job mm-hmm. and and do this to them. And I'm just like, bro, like this is why you don't have anybody coming to the bar with you because you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Stay home. <laughs> Stay <laughs> home. Go drink your water at home. Water at home, bro. You could probably get lobster on caviar now. Oh god, <laughs> that's disgusting. It's all fucking cold. Oh man, I could really use some lobster though. Shit. Lobster? I haven't had shellfish like that since before the pandemic. Why what happened? The pandemic. But yeah. Anyway. The guy, the funny story that I was going to tell. The oh, okay. The mine, when I thought about it initially, was I should probably stop eating. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I could probably edit out some of that, but not all of it. <laughs> Let me drink some water real quick. If anybody listening to this has misophonia, they're going to be so angry. Uh, what is, is that when you hear shit and you want to get, you want to stab them? Yeah. A lot of for a lot of people they get triggered by like eating sounds. I think I have that. You do? I think I do. I'm trying to figure out what it was, and then I remember seeing an article in NPR about that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my god, I think I have this fucking thing, whatever it is. Isn't it so cool that as time goes on, we learn what ways that we're fucked up mm-hmm. more and more. Yeah, I remember Shannon was just like, I thought you were just a fucking narcissistic asshole. Then I realized you had ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do okay, so you, you had a funny story you were going to tell me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ADHD for the win. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I worked at this nice restaurant. Um, and, you know, it was one of the older gentlemen who's just becoming disgruntled by the end of it because, you know, you're 60 years old and you're in the industry. Your outlook doesn't look that positive. You know, he's been right. twice divorced. Ooh. You know, just a, a grade A piece of shit but also i I really liked him a lot right of course 
he's a hilarious dude, fucking uh, very witty, very sharp, very smart, but decided to spend his time in, in the hospitality. Mm-hmm. Then he hits the end of the line, and toward the end of the line, I was there to witness it, and just like the downfall of this guy, and just like the apathy overtaking everything, just being. Wait, this is a funny story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Again, they they all come at someone else's peril, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, anyway, we had just gotten a new um, pastry chef flown in. He knows how to work with chocolate, like a chocolate tear, sugar tear, whatever. Making all these cool shits. Very traditional French pastry chef. Um, oh shit! So we That's have legit. This, yeah, we have this event, right? You I know, mean, it's just for this for this. How do you say? It? Big company um, that is also known as Tires for their tires. It's a Michelin. Company. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this the chef, uh, you know, tells the fucking pastry chef, "I want you to make this this Michelin man out of chocolate." Mm-hmm. So uh, he embarks on this journey to do this fucking thing. It takes him weeks to finish, and it like weeks, the, really. I mean, it's like it's a long process. Like, and he, on top of that, he's making the whole menu for for the operating restaurant, and he's trying to work on the side project, and it gets mm-hmm. done. And we have it up at the bar for a little bit, and you know, it's just like a little Michelin man. I made out of chocolate. Kind of, it looks like the Michelin man, but like after a week, it becomes decrepit, and so it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> His fingers are falling off, so he's like fucking like looks to... more like Mr. Oogie Boogie from the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, dude, he really does. The eyes like, <laughs> like help me, and like oh no. And so we're like, do we throw this fucking thing away? Like it's just sitting here at the bar. Like it's it's not gonna be good. It's too hot. And the chef's like, no, put it in the fucking put it in the put it in the cellar. We'll hold on to it. We're gonna fix it and we're gonna use it for this event that's eventually supposed to fucking happen. I don't know when. So wait, it was made like so far before the event that it was like already starting to deteriorate. Yeah, and like they were supposed to like or either it just passed or something like that. And but they still wanted to hold on to it for another something and some other kind of similar event. But this thing's fucking decrepit and and we're holding on to it and it's just in the fucking way. And nobody likes yeah. it. Scary as fuck to look at. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> And finally, uh, this guy, he's, you know, he's, he's reaching the end of his tenure at the fucking restaurant and he's fucking disgruntled at this point. Anyway, we had rolling pins that we used as a serving dish in certain certain course. And so <laughs> this guy takes the fucking rolling pin and just fucking baseball parks. This no. Man. Oh, my God. Really? Dude, after the final straw, just fucking... Bah, just breaks this fucking thing just Shit. goes like straight up office space fucking dudes with the bat versus computer oh wow and the reason i know this because i wasn't there oh okay but I'm, I'm hearing this and i'm like hey what the fuck happened to the michelin and they're like oh <laughs> oh my god didn't hear what he did and i was like what did he do and he's like bro <laughs> so he does this they do this in the cellar but there's cameras in the cellar so they're like who oh, the fuck with the michelin man and so they go back and they fucking watch the cameras and they watch him just fucking ballpark this goddamn thing. Oh my god! With the fucking rolling pin and my buddy standing behind him, fucking dying because he can't believe that this guy just did that. And so they wrote his ass up for laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> wrote him up for laughing. Like, what the fuck was he supposed to do? Stop it! Like, no, think about the future. The guy no. was done. The guy was fucking checked out. He was finished. Oh yeah. But it was the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life, dude. I was oh, like, I can't believe he did that. But I also can totally believe he did that. And like just you know, it gets cemented as G move in your fucking head, you know? Yeah. 
solid fucking guy. I mean, I'm sure it, this is the case across industries, but like, I feel like in the service industry, especially people just reach a breaking point. Yeah. It's one time or another. Like I've gotten to a breaking point a lot. I've never, you know, battered a chocolate Michelin man, but <laughs> you know, I've like smashed plates. I've like gone to scream somewhere where no yeah. one would hear me. I've like kicked shit over. Yeah. Like it's just like, it's very emotionally taxing, Absolutely. you know? Like what do you what are you supposed to do? And like there's no he- uh, healthy emotional outlet no, in you that go, industry. You go to the bar after you fucking slam beer because you just can't deal with it, and you need to relax your fucking sympathetic nervous system, so you take a depressant to relax yourself. Mm-hmm. You end up fucking waking up the next day to wake up and do it all over again, and it just yep. fucking snowballs into it. I remember one night I had a very bad night at this restaurant because it was you know it's a very high end restaurant. You, there's no room for error. Right. I had made the same pressure for me twice in one night, literally back Mm -hmm. to back. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, and then I'm like, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I hold myself to a high standard, especially when I'm like in that situation. So Mm -hmm. to do something that fucking amateur was just frustrating. Yeah. I don't know how to cope with it. So I walked out and I just fucking took off on the wall. Like I punched it, except it was a fuck. It was a what brick wall? Oh no. So it ripped my hand open. <gasps> yeah. I'm trying to fucking drop plates with bandages around my knuckles now. And I was just what? like, Oof. yeah, I think I'm done. It's <laughs> oh. honestly when I made the choice to leave. Oh, really? Yeah. That was your like actual breaking point where you yeah. realized you need to get out of the industry. I just harmed myself because of the mistake I made. Mm-hmm. Because of the how of how I think I should be and how it needs to be. That and now I realize at this point that this is not okay. I shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be putting shit like this f- before me. Yeah, I should care. But, like, it took over me, and I just fucking smashed the wall. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, instant regret. Like, because now I'm like, how am I going to drop this food? Bloody-ass hand. Yeah. And Especially you, working at a fancy place. Yeah, and they were like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Looking like a fucking like hoodlum or something exactly no that's exactly what it is and that's when i realized i was like yeah maybe i'm not cut out for shit like this and i don't think most people are to be honest even the people that stay in the industry for a super long time like they're not necessarily like a lot of them aren't necessarily like really good at their jobs they're just like really complacent more than anything yeah and it's the thing too is like you're never gonna get it's nothing's ever gonna be perfect yeah Especially when you're putting into a fucking um a pressure cooker and expected to p- produce flawless service. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like stakes are high, things are moving fast. The faster you move, the more mistakes you're prone to make. And that's when I realized, oh, it's just a fucking trick. They manipulate you to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's just also funny when you like kind of zoom out and you think about like what all this perfection is going into. And it's like, it's just to give people their fucking food. It's just like for Downton Abbey, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Like, it's just dinner. It's just brunch. Like, why say, do people expect it to be perfect? I've, I've seen this major fuck up one time. It was fucking crazy. Oh wow. Um, in the in the sense of it wasn't. It was like I if it was me in that position, I probably would have just left and never came back. <laughs> but some lady, people do that. I did that on a job once where right. I just stopped coming back in. You're just like nope. <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. We, uh, we had like these two doors that the two glass doors that would slide open to that let you in through the to the private room. Mm-hmm. 
And um, well, she was hustling and she didn't really pay attention to her surroundings. So when she came in, she ran right into, she had a full tray of iced coffees for, uh, Oh no. Let's say, uh, it was, a, it was a, it was for like a social media giant's, um, wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. She came mm-hmm. gunning through the doors, hit the side of somebody and dropped the full tray on oh, no. 12 iced coffees in oh. these very, very nice Japanese glasses <gasps> that cost over a hundred dollars each. What? Yeah, and just went. That's why you don't have such nice things when you run a restaurant. Well, these these fucking people open these nice restaurants. They want to get the super nice glassware, the super nice plates. Like, yeah, that's all gonna be. That's expensive. Shit gets broken. Okay, this is not where you want to spend all your money. Oh, they weren't. Sorry, clearly this is a trigger for me. No, that's fine. I've broken a lot of shit in restaurants. They weren't spending all their money on that though. That they had enough enough to fucking buy a whole nother set oh well hmm. i mean they won't they won't tell you that oh yeah but you know it was just uh, watching this thing crash to the ground and i was just i had just started at this point oh shit i'm holding food i'm holding a tray of food just standing in the corner you know because i'm a good butler i hush up and fucking carry the food and they're like oh very good so and i'm watching this lady just it happened in slow motion in my eyes because i'm standing there i'm looking directly at where she came into and just dropped this full tray in front of this dude and his whole family yikes and, he, and all he goes is whoa that sucks <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh shit <laughs> she's fired for sure. oh my god but she was a jv1 so they trapped her into working there for another year she was on a work visa oh oh okay is that like the, because I know there's the J1, like the Irish ones. I don't know. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. In France. And, um. Oh, I've heard, like, in France, they actually take waiting tables really seriously. Oh, it's a career there. Yeah. Like, you go to school for it. Oh, yeah. They take you in at fucking, I think it was like 14 or 16 years old for even line cooking. Hmm. Um, I have a couple of people that I work with now, he, they started in the kitchen at school. When they were, when he was uh, 14 years old, they started, they brought you in as Comey and then you train and you mm. learn from the ground up. And like now he's in his late 20s and he's just an absolute machine. But wow, they literally drill all of this before they even go into work in the restaurant. Crazy. It's a, it's, it's, it's a respectable career over there. Mm-hmm. And over here, you just treat it like the help. Yeah. And Which is ironic because like it comes from aristocratic customs over there. Mm-hmm. Really so. Is. And, you know, I think another thing, too, is just like, I mean, the distribution of wealth in a European versus an American, I don't know, economy, it's just, I feel like there's a lot more extremes, a bigger gap. Mm-hmm. When you're rich out there, you're rich. Yeah. And then when you're rich out here, there's other people that are also rich. But, and then, I don't know, it's just maybe it's only the people that I used to work for, the one percenters, they, mm-hmm. they definitely appreciate good service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll let you know it. And mm-hmm. very kind people for the most part. Really? Yeah. I've had more positive experiences with that crowd than the crowd that I'm currently now with. Like regular middle class or upper middle class? Upper middle class entire. Yeah. Like, dude, I had this guest the other like was it when it, I forgot when it was. I think it was a uh, Chris the day before. No, it was on Christmas Eve. Oh fuck. Oh god damn it. She I coached because you had to work Christmas Eve because it's a money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um this lady flags me down and she's like, I don't know if you ever watching Frasier. 
I know of it, but I never really watched much of it. Um, well, it's Frazier's ex-wife in the show. She was just a very like mean person. Mm. And this lady reminded her reminded me of her because she oh, no. likes me know she's like, um, I've now asked three times for bread and no one's brought me more. And I was like, oh, well, let me go change that for you. And then she's like, okay, great, perfect. And so I come back and I drop the bread and she goes, oh, so it wasn't that hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, bitch, are you playing Frasier right now? Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Like, is this a bit? That's what I fucking, I literally felt that way. I was like, what? I was confused. I was like, oh, wait, you're just that shitty of a person. Mm-hmm. I was just like, huh, that's weird. And her family's like this. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. And I was like, what the fuck? It was confusing to me. Oh, my God. I always thought it was funny when people would come into Paisan and be kind of stuck up because it's like, Brothers. I mean, yeah, we have good food and wine here, but like, it's not like, I don't know why you're coming in expecting like the French laundry or some shit. I'm appreciative that you have a nice place like this in the neighborhood. Like, I again, context, I guess, perspective, perspective of, of what it is. I remember, dude, I remember working brunch at Paisan. This lady used to come up all the time. I don't know why she came in every Sunday just to tell me that I cooked my eggs wrong. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, I hate those people. Time. I'm like, what? And she's like, don't you watch the Food Network? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen the Food Network. And she's like, well, then you should know that you need to turn the burner off, put a pan over it, let it sit. And I'm just like, are you serious? In the middle of a rush. Yeah, of course. It's always when it happens. And I have an induction burner with a fucking large uh, blancha, like a uh, flat uh, grill, griddle that I'm cooking these eggs on in Garmo Station. And she's over here like, oh, you know, you need to turn it off. And I was like, I'm not turning this off. Do you want this or not? <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, like I was just at that point. I was just like, shut, shut the fuck up. Just get the fuck out of my face. Go home. <laughs> oh, my God. The customers who come up to the kitchen like yes. or the food window, That's especially true. if it's an open kitchen, like just because it's an open kitchen doesn't mean you get to like come up and tell the cooks what to do invitation to come talk to the person that's busy as fuck yeah like you can watch what they're doing if you're sat near the kitchen like but it doesn't mean you just have like carte blanche to just make conversation and like bother the cooks tell it to the berkeley clientele i know that was honestly once i started working in restaurants in san francisco i had a much better time with customers yeah like it really is like berkeley people (laughs) who are terrible berkeley you're very entitled i hope you're yeah get the fuck over that yeah yeah go home stay home (laughs) stay home and cook and cook you got berkeley bowl you got monterey market yeah actually yeah that's the one thing i miss about living in berkeley was berkeley bowl i don't miss the people who shop at berkeley bowl because somehow they're all terrible The patchouli, the fucking... It is remarkable how terrible all the customers are. Yeah, they can be mean. But the oh, yeah. staff's nice. The what? Staff. Oh, yeah, it's because they're paid really well. Yeah, I always chop it up with a meat counter. They're always really cool. Noise. I like them. What about you? Do you have a funny story about hospitality? I don't know. I've been sharing some. I, I was reminded of this one time when I worked at this counter service place uh, near UC Berkeley. And this older lady like got a sandwich. And she comes back up to the counter after a while and she's like, This sandwich was terrible. <laughs> I want to take it the rest of it home and feed it to my cat. <laughs> the fuck? And I was like, Okay. I mean, I'm not giving you like a refund if that's what yeah. you're angling for, but yeah. 
cool. That was like bizarre to me. Um, even though I'd been dealing with like shitty customers like that for a while at that point, I was just like, she what wanted a bizarre her- thing. My cat loves sandwiches. I'm like, right? I'm like, lady, you're not supposed to feed your cat people food. Like dogs, you can kind of do that with, but cats really shouldn't be eating people food. Outside oh, the diarrhea all over your carpet, and you gotta fucking vacuum it. Oh my god, we're pretty strict with Rocky that we don't really give him much people food, and if we do, it's a very small amount, and he has to work for it. <laughs> he work. has to do tricks and shit. Work, bitch. He is the work, bitch. Man, fuck. This is cool, dude. I'm I'm glad that you're fucking doing this. Yeah, this should be interesting. I actually really liked editing when I was doing the podcast for my internship, so hopefully it won't be too onerous. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure out how to edit this down, like how long it should be, how to... You know you have a Yelp section. Yep. You know you got to have a Yelp section. pants around the ankle section. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, come on, we could have been buddies after that. Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> Who says that after exposed completely? You know, your boss caught with his pants down around his ankles. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest shit to me, dude. I don't know. I don't think I told anyone about that at the time either. Because, like, so oh you decided to do a podcast and tell everybody about it. <laughs> I'm finally getting it off my chest after all this time. 